It is good to worship the Lord, isn't it? Amen. I didn't want it to end. I was going to sit there and wait for some more. <laughs> Tiffany, Tiffany will be going out and Clint will be going out with Children's Church to teach Good Good Father in their book. So uh, they will be talking about uh, the Father. I, I guess that's uh, appropriate for Father's Day. Uh, it's good to have you all with us. While you're doing that, I, I don't know where to tell you to turn, to be honest, because I'm several verses I'm going to hit today. But I guess turn your Bibles to Deuteronomy chapter 11. Deuteronomy chapter 11. But I'm going to begin in Acts chapter 13. How's that one? He's messed you up. <laughs> Just hold your finger in Deuteronomy chapter 11. But I want to read you some verses out of Acts chapter 13, 22. It said, When he had removed him, he raised unto them David to be their king, to whom also he gave the testimony and said, I have found David the son of Jesse, and a man after mine own heart, which shall fulfill my will. Father, as we study your word this morning, as I speak and stand here before your people today, Father, I pray that you would give me the words to say, Lord, that you would help us to, to understand and, and to hear those words that you have for us and to be doers of those words. Lord, just encourage us this morning as we look at fathers and we, we look at you as our heavenly Father. We just thank you and praise you for that today. In Jesus' name, amen. They are quoting, or Paul is quoting uh, Acts chapter, or I'm sorry, 1 Samuel 13, where Samuel is anointing King David as a king over Israel. And Samuel is saying to, to uh, Saul that you have not kept the laws, you've not kept the commandments of the Lord your God, and so your kingdom will not last. But he said, God has searched out. And God has found a man after his own heart that will do his will. I guess if I had a message for you this morning for fathers, I would say, what is a father? What does it mean to be a father? Uh, a lot of us, you know, to be a good father. Well, the first thing you've got to be is honest, right? A man of integrity. These are all good things. I, you know, I want to teach my children to work with my hand, work with their hands. To uh, you may have a craft of of building things or working on cars or or different things. So you want to teach your children what it's like to work with their hands. I think that's getting to be a lost art anymore. All they know how to do with their hands anymore is this. <laughs> And they don't know how to produce anything. So I don't think teaching to work with their hands is a bad thing. You know, they, most kids nowadays, they, they think a manual laborer is the president of Mexico. <laughs> you know, they have no idea what it's like to labor most of the time. But to teach our children to work with their hands, how to manage money. These are all noble, right? A good father would do that with their children. A good father would be a provider for his family. A good father would be brave. He would be a protector of his family. He would be the strength of his family. All these are wonderful things. But I want to ask you fathers. Ladies, this is focused at fathers, but it also applies to you too. What will your children say about you 
when you're old or when you're gone? What will they say about you? Uh, if they could say it in just a word, and a lot of times we do it, and, and uh, we, we go to the cemetery out here and we see a loving father. And we think of just a few words to put out there on, a, on our tombstone or whatever that would describe our best memory of our father. See, I want to have a, remember, a memory of, of, as a father, as a man, after God's own heart. That is my goal. I may never reach that. But I want to be a man that my children can look at me and say, I know Jesus because of my father. I know what it's like to love unconditionally because of my father. I know what it's like to care. I know what it's like to hurt and to stand strong because of my father. See, God uh, said, I have found a man that is after, a man after my own heart. I'm going to get Deuteronomy 11 in just a minute. But I want to give you this, this uh, introduction to this. See, uh, David was a man after his heart. You think of David, what was he? He was a shepherd boy. He started out when we first introduced to David. He's just a shepherd boy. He's, he's not mighty. He wasn't pretty. Uh, He's he just a boy out in the field tending the sheep. He, uh, but we later learned that he was pretty mighty. He, did, he killed a bear that tried to attack the sheep. He killed a lion that tried to attack the sheep. So David was a warrior. David was a fighter. David, David was courageous and strong. And I'm sure as you watched him, he would love those sheep and care for those sheep. So God is, a, is pictured in David here. I believe uh, you know, Exodus uh, chapter 14, or I'm sorry, 15, 3 says that the Lord is a warrior. You ever thought about God as a warrior? A man after God's own heart is being a warrior? See, I believe we all have a warrior within us, dads, men. You know, a lot of ladies go around, and, oh, I can do everything a man can do. That's not your job to do everything a man can do. Your job is to do everything a man can't do. That's what he created you for. He didn't expect you to be a man. He would have made you a man. Stop trying to be us. Guys, stop trying to be women. God created you to do what a man couldn't do or what a woman couldn't do. He created, I'm not even gonna get in, I know I'm getting on my soapbox. But we need to understand that. We have our place and I believe that God has created men with a warrior instinct within us after his own image. Now, I don't know about that, Brother Kenny, I do. See, when Israel crossed the, the Red Sea and, and, he, and God had destroyed the Egyptians and, and the Pharaoh and all of his army, they sang a song and said, God is a God of war. He is a conqueror. And that's the first glimpse of it. David talks about it in the song. We see time after time how by the hand of God that they, they are able to conquer and defeat their enemies. So God is a warrior. God is, is, is courageous. He's, 
Uh, I, th- I don't. Why do you think men just, you know, I don't know about you guys, but I know I've gone hunting before. And, and every time I come to a hill, I want to see the other side. I just got to see the other side. Or maybe we travel across the country and, and I'm looking and there's a hill. And I, I wonder what's over there. I believe that's the curiosity that God puts in men to explore and to experience things. Women are content where they're at. There's not a problem. This is beautiful where we are. Why do we got to go over there? Because I want to see what's over there. Maybe there's something I want to conquer. Why do you think little boys don't have any problem picking up sticks and acting like there's guns and bows and arrows? They're warriors at heart, created in the image of God. So God is a warrior. David, we see, was a warrior. We saw that when he stood before Goliath and defeated him in the name of the Lord. When all the other of, the, of, the, of Israel was scared to death, David, a little shepherd boy, stepped up to the plate and took out the giant. Do you know that everybody says, oh, you need to take down the giants in your life and you need to be like David. No, we're like the Israelites. David is a picture of Jesus Christ. He is our warrior who went to battle for us and defeated the giants in our life and overcame to give us the victory through him. Hello? Do you understand that? Jesus defeated the giants in your life. He's a warrior at heart. That's who God is, and he displays it in the character and the life of David. And he says, he is a man after my own heart. See, we're all, I think, looking for somebody like that. You say, how do you know that, Brother Kenny? Well, I think because you ever watched a movie and you got this big, strong, well, it's not there anymore. (laughs) But you got this big, strong guy and he fights the battle for you and he defeats all these, these, uh, these enemy and all the rest. And at the end of the story, he goes back to his sole purpose as to why he did all that. I love that, uh, oh me, I've lost it. What's the one that I have special talents and, huh? Taken. Yeah, that's a terrifying movie to me. But you talk about a daddy that's a warrior. I have a special set of skills and I will find you. That's a daddy right there. What a warrior. But at the end of the movie, he gets his little daughter and just loves her and caresses her. We love that, don't we? We love to see the big, strong warrior melt down in compassion to a little child. We love to see pictures of a soldier who who has the ability to bring mass destruction and he's learned to look in the face of death and keep going and fight for the freedoms and the rights of mankind. But he'll pick up a little child and give him a piece of cake. We love that, don't we? We want to see that, don't we? You know why I think that is? Because there's something deep inside of me that says, I need that in my life. I want that. Well, I'm telling you today, the God of this universe is exactly like that. 
He is a righteous judge. He is a warrior. He is strong. He is courageous. He is my provider. But I can crawl up in his lap and cry, Abba, Father. I almost could preach this morning, I think. Amen. What a father. What a father. Amen. We long for something because God put this void in our heart that only he can fill. That is a picture of a father. And I want him to say to me, he is a man after my own heart. That's a father. It's good to teach your kids all these other things, but the most important thing that you can teach them is who God, our father, is. And how he loves and cares and provides and protects his own. There's my introduction. See, David understood this. See, I, I think as David was, was out in those fields tending for the sheep and why everything was calm and there was no lions or bears or enemy or wolves or anything to defeat, I believe that David was studying and meditating on God's Word. Why do you think that? Well, if you look at Psalms chapter 1, the very second verse, he says, But this delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law doth I meditate day and night. David says that over and over. I don't think David got to know who God was. I don't think David had the courage and the, and the strength to stand up before Goliath without ever studying his word, without ever experiencing who he is. He says, in your law, in your word, do I meditate day and night. Guys, you want to be a father that's after the heart of God? First thing you need to do is study his word. You're not ever going to know him unless you study what he tells you about him. That's all we know. I mean, you can say, well, I don't know. Nature speaks of it. It does. I mean, you can go out in the Rocky Mountains, and I love the Rocky Mountains. And if you can go out there and sit on the side of a mountain and think there's not a God, I help you. Man, it's beautiful. But to know the sweetness, the sweet relationship that God my Father is calling for me and the provision that He provided for me through my Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, you'll never know until you study His Word. All you'll know by nature is that there is a God. And He does all things in order. And He is a God of of, 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 of wrath. There is turmoil. There is There are things that happen, but he's a God of love and his word teaches us that. So we've got to meditate on his word day and night. So now we go to Deuteronomy chapter 11. This is taken or sort of a repeat of Deuteronomy chapter 6. Verses 4 through 6, he says, Hear, O Israel, in Deuteronomy 6, I'll get to 11 in a minute. The Lord our God is one Lord, and thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, and with all thy might. See, devout Jews, even to this day, they call that the Shema. S-H-E-M-A. And from the time a child was old enough to speak, he memorized these verses. And he quoted these verses, the Lord is one God, 
and I will love them with, with all my heart, with all my soul, and all my mind. What does that mean? What does that mean? And, they, and the father was responsible for teaching this to his children. And I've got to take off my jacket. Y'all start breathing cold air, okay? And these are the words which I command you this day shall be in their heart, he says. Now, in a, let's just look a quick look through Deuteronomy chapter 11. He starts out in verse 4, Therefore thou shalt love the Lord thy God, and keep charge, and keep his charge, and his statutes, and his judgments, and his commandments always. Just when things are going good, when you feel like it, on Sunday mornings, on Wednesday, I think always means 24 7, 365. Right? Always keep his statutes. And why, you know, and it's, oh, Kenny, you're going to get into the law and, and we better do this and the thou shalt. No. He's saying, do this for your own good. Let's look at this. Let's look. God does not give us anything for not for without reason. He says in verse two, and know you this day, for I speak not with your children. Daddies, listen up. Mamas, listen up. He said, I'm giving you this word today, and I'm not talking to your kids. So who's he talking to? Daddies, in particular. They are the designed by God as the head of the household. I mean, you mamas, I know there's single parents and all the rest, but the way God designed the family, the father is the head of the household, and, and many want to fuss with that day, and mamas and all the rest. And that's okay, mama, if you want to be the head of the household, but know this, one day you will stand before God and give an account as to why your family was not in order, if it's not. One day you'll stand before God and give an account as to every action you did. Now, if you want to take that away from your husband, feel free. I'd rather pass that on to somebody else if I can. One day, as a daddy, I'll stand before the Lord and give an account of the way I did as a father. Did I teach my children to love the Lord thy God with all, my, all their heart, with all their soul, with all, and that he is one God? And now I've even been called, and to be honest with you, it terrifies me sometimes. The preachers even have a more accountability as they teach God's Word. That terrifies me sometimes. But one day, I'm going to stand before God, and He's going to ask me, you didn't make that clear. Maybe you are a stumbling block. I hope that never happens. I pray that. That's why I pray so earnestly, God, give me your words. I don't want Kenny's opinion anywhere in this building. I don't want Kenny's opinion anywhere around this pulpit. I want what God says to his people. That way I'm safe, I hope. I'm safe from, from the from the what God would have to say to me. That keeps my opinion out of it. So I'm not speaking to your children. I'm speaking to you, daddies. He says, I'm not speaking to the children, verse 2, which have not known and which have not seen the chastisement of your Lord your God. His greatness, his mighty hand, and his stretched out arm. 
and his miracles and his acts which he did in the midst of Egypt unto Pharaoh and the kings of Egypt and, to, and unto all his land. Why isn't he talking to the children? They hadn't experienced it yet. They haven't seen the mighty thing. See, he's talking to the ones that he brought out of the, the, the second generation that he brought out of the promise, out of the wilderness, across the Jordan, into the promised land, who experienced God's mighty works. Daddies, have you experienced God doing things in your life? Are you a little more experienced than a child? God is talking to you. Through these experiences, through these things that God has brought you through and showed you, He expects you to teach them to your children, to guide your children. Y'all with me today? Y'all are real quiet. This is good stuff. This is wonderful stuff that the God of this universe would ask me or let me be a father. The God of this universe said, hey, I'm going to let you have the responsibility of being a daddy so you can teach your children about me. What a wonderful blessing. There are many out there that would love to be a father but can't for whatever reason. But if God has made you a father today, he has chosen you for a particular purpose to glorify him as you teach your children. So teach your children the things that you've learned, the things that you've seen, the thing that you know about God. Jump on down to verse 7. But your eyes have seen all the great acts of the Lord which he did. Therefore shall you keep all the commandments which I command you this day that you may be strong and go in to possess the land whither thou goest to possess it. They were going in and, and crossing it and, and Moses is doing a recap of what's going on and, and don't forget and all the wonderful things that God has done. Don't forget them as you go into the land. Don't, don't, uh, don't get your, your focus on something else. It's almost a warning here or an encouragement there to be strong, to be a warrior. To be courageous as you go into the land and stand on the promise of God. And in verses 9 through 12, I have as his promise. There's all the promises. He says, if you go in, if you do my commandments, your, your days in the land will be long, which I swear to your fathers and to them to have in their seed, and the land that floweth with milk and honey. If you will do this, your days will be long. For the land where thou goest to possess it is not a land of Egypt from whence you came out where you sowest the seed and waterest in the, it with thy foot as the garden of herbs. But the land where thou goest to possess it is a land of hills and valleys and drinketh of the rain of heaven. I like that verse there. That, 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 the land where you go is a land of hills and valleys. Daddies, you're going to have ups and downs. You're going to have mountaintop experiences and you're going to have valley experiences. But I want you to know God is there in both of them. If you will follow Him, if you will look to Him, if you will go to His Word for, for, for instruction, all of God's Word is good for reproof. All God's Word is good for instruction, Timothy tells us. It's all there. He's there with you. 
even in the valleys. But then he says on down to verse 13 of the blessing. If you'll keep my promise. This is my promise to you, he says. And this is the blessing that will come if you keep what I am telling you. It shall come to pass. If you shall hearken to, diligently unto my commandments, which I command you this day, to love the Lord your God, to serve him with all your heart, with all your soul, that I will give you the rain on the land in due season. The first rain and the latter rain. Boy, there's a message right there. That thou mayest gather in thy corn and thy wine and thine oil. And I will send grass in the fields for the cattle that thou mayest eat and be full. You hear what he's saying? Daddies, you want your family to be blessed? You want a, you want a blessing for your family? Are you following in what God is telling you to do? Are you taking heed to God's word? It, it, you know, this is sort of hard. You, you know, preachers stand up here, take heed, do this, do this. What I'm trying to tell you is this is something you've got to get in here. I can tell you all day long. I can tell you until the cows come home. That's a good term, isn't it, Kenneth? I can tell you that all day long. But until you understand it in here that this is the most important thing that I will ever do in my entire life, you won't get it. You've got to get it for you in here. I'm not trying to tell you a certain way. I, I wouldn't dare try to tell you a certain way to live. That's between you and God. God will teach you the way he wants you to live. He'll reveal to you what he wants for you. He'll reveal to you what's right for you and what's wrong for you. That's not my job. My job is to point you to him. How to find him. How to know what he wants you to know. He'll reveal. He'll make changes where you need changes. That's not my job to tell you how to change. The only change that I would want you to do is just to look to him and serve him. To love him with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your, that means he he just he, he he consumes every part of me. Not just Sunday morning, not just Wednesday, not just when I say a prayer before I eat, but every thought of every day I am constantly thinking, Father, what do you want me to do? He's first and foremost in every thought and everything that I do. That's when you say, I, I love him he, with all my heart, my soul, and my mind. And if you'll do that and walk in, that doesn't mean you're not going to fail. Look at David, a man after God's own heart. Did he fail? Miserably failed. But the way he handled that failure, failure and asking for God's forgiveness... And God to restore him. That's a father. To know when you failed and to ask for forgiveness for it. To know that you are vulnerable and that you are weak. Yes, you're a warrior and you're strong, but you're capable of making a mistake. And how you, I've always said a good Christian is not a, a good Christian by the way they walk every day, but how they handle their failures. When you hurt another brother or sister in Christ, what do you do with it? That's what makes a good Christian. When you fall and, and you do sin, what do you do with that sin? That's what makes a good Christian to me. 
All right, I got to move on. I'm out of time. But he said, if you'll do this and do my commandments, you're going to have the rain. You're going to have the grass for your flocks. You're going to have an abundance. I will provide all of your needs if you will do what I'm telling you to do here today. And then he has a warning in verse 16. He says, take heed to yourself. So we have his promise and we have his blessings. But he also gives us a warning. That your heart be not deceived. And that you turn... A and that ye turn aside and serve other gods and worship them. And then the Lord's wrath be kindled against you, and he shut up heaven, and that be no rain, and that the land yield not her fruit, unless ye perish quickly from the good land which the Lord giveth you. Wow. See, that's the warning of a cursing. That's the warning of... Yes, God is loving. Yes, God is full of grace and mercy and forgiveness. But God is also a just God too. And just like an earthly father is not going to let a child run all over and do whatever he wants to do and act any way he wants to act without any correction, so your heavenly father is the same way. He's not doing this to curse you. To I mean, I've heard kids say, My daddy hates me because he wouldn't get his way. Sometimes I think we do that with God. When he takes something away and he's trying to gently, lovingly, kindly bring us back to himself, we want to God hates me. No, God doesn't hate you. He settled that at the cross when he gave you his son. God does not hate you. God is trying to call you back to himself. That's what he's doing here. He may take something away, but it's to get your attention back. And then in verse 18, he gives you the recipe for success. Therefore, you shall lay up, lay up these words in your heart and in your soul and bind them for a sign upon the hand that they may be in the frontlets between thine eyes. That's what I'm talking about earlier when it's everything, every thought. I close my eyes. I think, what does God want me to do? I open my eyes. What does he want me to do? I am constantly seeking his will. Now look, y'all don't get me wrong. I don't do that all the time. I'm not perfect. That's what I'm striving to do. That's what I'm wanting to do. But I fall short of that. I believe as Christians, that is our goal, is to, to strive to, to seek his will and to be more like him. Day and night. And then he says, when you do this, he said, and you shall teach them to your children, speaking to them when thou sittest in thy house, when thou walkest by the way, when thou liest down, when thou risest up, and thou shalt write them upon the doorpost of thy house and upon the gates. God is love. God is one God. And we are to love him with our heart and our soul and our mind. Wherever you go, that's what he wants you to teach your children. That he is the most important thing in your life. And he says, if you'll do that, that your days be multiplied. And the days of your children in the land which the Lord swear unto the fathers to give them. 
For if you shall diligently keep the commandments which I command you to do them, to love the Lord your God, to walk in his ways, and to cleave to him, then the Lord will drive out all the nations from before you, and you shall possess greater nations and mightier than yourselves. I'm going to close with this, and I sort of wish Clint was in here. About every, they come to our house every Tuesday, and he always jokes, said, you need to preach on Ecclesiastes. See, David's son was Solomon, the writer of Ecclesiastes and Proverbs and Lamentations and the Song of Solomon. But Ecclesiastes in particular, if you read that book, fathers, I would suggest you do that. You want to know the meaning of life, the purpose of life. In that book of, of, of Ecclesiastes, he, he tells us what it is to know not knowledge, to know wisdom, to know folly, to have riches, to be poor, to be young, to be old, to have peace, to have war, to be happy, to be sad, to love life and to hate life, to love work and to hate work. A time for love and a time for hate. A time for birth and a time for death. A time to plant, a time to harvest. Just about anything you could think of. A time to keep and a time to let go. A time to speak and a time to be quiet. To have victory and to fail. To have power but yet be weak. To be satisfied but still want. See, he talks about all that in Ecclesiastes. And he says, I, the preacher, have done this in all of my days. I just summarized Ecclesiastes for you, by the way. I've done this in my life. And you know what I found it to be? Vanity. It's just a breath in the air. It's just a... It doesn't mean anything. When it comes right down to it in the last chapter of the book of Ecclesiastes, in the last two verses, after he writes all of this for 12 chapters of all about everything imaginable in life, he said, let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Fear God. Keep his commandments. This is the whole duty of man. For God shall bring every work into judgment with every secret thing, whether it be good or whether it be evil. What makes a good father? I would say a good father is one that will live his life reading his word, wanting to be more like Christ, wanting to know the God that loves him and gave himself for him. And then would take what he knows and teach it to his children. And tell his children one day, you too will be a father. You one day will be a mother. But one day even after that, after it's all said and done, you can have all the riches and all that you want. But all that goes away at death. And one day we will stand before God. And that's really the only thing that matters. When it's all said, live the best you can here on life. Be honest, be courageous, be all this. But keep in mind one day you will stand before God in heaven. And he's going to say, why should I let you in to so? 
Maybe he'll say that. I don't know he'll say that. Nothing scriptural says he'll say that. But you'll come in only by his grace through the shed blood of Jesus Christ. If thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, believe in thine heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. You're going to heaven. But what if you don't go? You will stand and give an account for every action you ever did. Something to think about, isn't it? You want to be a good daddy? Make sure your kids not only are good here on earth to take care of things, but mostly that they're good for eternity. That's what's going to matter.